you had a busy week in the market, not had time to catch up with the latest trends? Well, welcome to Cloud9Fin, our suite of podcasts where we bring you the need-to-know information on deals, documentation, ESG, and we deep dive into the themes showing up in the high-yield, leveraged loans and restructuring spaces. We also have our US podcast, which features discussions with members of the North American Leadford market with US editor Will Cager-Smith, so be sure to check in every second Thursday for that. Today, we have a very special episode of Cloud9Fin. I'm your host, Catherine Hidalgo, a loans reporter, and my colleague Owen Sanderson and I travelled to Barcelona for the IMN and AFMI Global ABS conference for the first mega meeting of the securitization world in Europe since 2019. Today we're going to be giving you an overview of the conference, providing some insights from delegates and giving listeners a look in on one of the panels, CLOs Across the Seas, US versus European Market Considerations. The conference was a blowout with 4,400 registered attendees who came from far and wide. Suits descended upon the International Convention Centre of Barcelona in the mornings and come 5pm the beach club of Barceloneta in droves. If you're interested in these parties, please see this week's excess spread from senior reporter and securitization journalism icon Owen Sanderson for more details. The agenda was certainly securitization heavy, as you can imagine, with updates from industry members on many of the major asset classes and a strong overview of new regulations surrounding the market. Notably, ESG took centre stage and, in addition to a robust roster of panels on the topics surrounding methodologies and frameworks and transparency, ESG was often discussed even on panels not pertaining to the topic. It was a paradoxical week, with much of the market elated to be back and chatting to each other, excited to be enjoying the sun and meeting members of their own teams even for the first time in years in some cases. But somewhat in the background was the deleterious situation the CLO market in particular is currently in. Participants continue to be concerned about the macroeconomic sphere with inflation and supply chain issues at front of mind. Panic certainly wasn't in the air though, despite the negativity about the market being apparent. We spoke to a number of conference delegates to get their take. I'm here with the lovely Kevin from Clifford Chance. Thank you so much for speaking for me today. Hello. How are you enjoying being back at the conference? What's not to like? Sunshine, Barcelona, late nights, brilliant. There's still an industry and we're still here, so that's, that's good. Absolutely. Uh, I had a great press briefing with you today. You were speaking about regulation and asset-backed securities and what's needed. Uh, can you give us a little wrap-up of what, what your thoughts are on that? Um, I think you see, I think what we were talking about was making sure that all sectors of the industry are covered properly and are thought about. And uh, as you'll have heard earlier, uh, the, uh, the buy side feels that the regulations don't really uh, reflect what's needed on the, on the buy side. A um, bit better on the sell side, but for non-regulated, non-bank uh, institutions, not really thought through as well. So I think what we were and I personally think will be a good idea is to make sure that the uh, regulation covers all aspects of the buy side, sell side and the rest of the market you know, properly and thoughtfully. Are you excited to be here this year? 
very excited. So happy to see the market back. I honestly think that everyone has been just waiting for this moment. And, you know, even more fun for me because I used to organize this conference. So I know, you know, it in and out and to be back here, but now as a delegate and a new delegate, actually starting my new job today at PCS to, you know, see so many friendly faces again, see the industry. I think everyone has just been really positive about coming together, network again, and, you know, we can finally enjoy, you know, the sun, the education aspects, the training and the receptions later. So I'm here with Colin from USS. So uh, yeah, we're lucky to have you on. Uh, you're a speaker with the with the conference. Um, how are you enjoying it? Well, it's it's obviously sunny. So that's that's a plus. Uh, the the tone is perhaps not quite as uh, as gloomy as it, uh, it could have been. You know, it's not, I wouldn't say it's uh, uber bullish, but uh, you know, not quite as as bearish as it could have been. That's promising, I suppose. And I have to ask, do you think that the market is dead or resting? No, I think I think resting. Uh, may, maybe a relatively long nap of uh, you know, perhaps a few months, but uh, no, it's not dead. It, there's, there's a lot happening below the surface. People are readjusting uh, to the new environment and then the ever-changing environment. Uh, but there are still solutions to be found, deals to be done. I'm here with Hans, the Chief Executive of Foundation Home Loans. Has it been a busy day so far? Um, yes, and it's going to get uh, busier yet um, in, the, in the afternoon, in the early evening, catching up with um, friends and partners. Oh, exciting. Are you happy to be back? It's good to be back. It's been a while. It's probably four years for me. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's nice to see old faces, familiar faces, and, of course, meet some new ones as well. Do you think that the market is dead or resting? Not dead. Um, and um, with the right prep and for the right issuers, the ones with the longer track record, the well-understood um, collateral, it's open at a price at the moment. And obviously, the, the margins we're seeing are not as keen as they were even half a year ago, um, but it is open, and that's important. I'm here with the lovely Owen from NatWest. How are you enjoying the conference? Oh, it's fantastic. It's, it's really good to be out here in Barcelona. I mean, the weather's obviously beautiful, probably a little bit too hot for me because I'm incredibly British, but... Um, <laughs> So far not burnt, but it's, it's great to see everyone again. It's really good to see that there's actually been such a strong turnout. I think there may be some concerns that this year would be a little bit less attended, but actually, you know, coming around the conference, there's such a buzz. Everyone seems so happy to be back. So yeah, it's been really positive. Oh, I'm so pleased. And um, um, what about the more technical aspect of, of, the, of the conference? Uh, what are you seeing for the CLO market? So I think the CLO market is, is really interesting. I think everyone everyone knows coming into this that it is challenging at the moment to get deals done, and I, I think that's going to continue for the foreseeable future. Obviously, you know, while we've been away in Barcelona, there's been other stuff going on in the market, and it's been, uh, you know, a negative turn. Um, so we'll have to see how that develops and how that impact spreads. But I think from a CLO perspective, the good thing is the arbitrage still seems to work. You know, deals have slowed down. I think managers are not necessarily trying to push new issues unless you have to, but... With loan spreads where they are, there is a way to make deals work and a way to make the market function, which is, I think, the positive. We haven't come to a complete standstill. We've come a lot slower. Um, I think it will take a little bit more time for people to get gradually more confident, but hopefully in the not-too-distant future, we'll see a little bit of a pickup in issuance, maybe post-summer, maybe that has to wait until next year, but hopefully things will start, uh, hopefully things will start improving. Well, I think like everyone, I mean, it's great to be back after three years. It's a bit like Avengers Endgame. 
we've all blipped. It's like we're back in 2019 again. Um, so, no, yeah, great great to be back. And uh, we're asking everyone, do you think that the CLO market is dead or just resting? Um, I mean, it's just resting. Uh, you know, the CLO market has shown over the last 20 years or whatever that it's really, you know, the highest form of finance and it works through the cycle and, you know, obviously the primary market depends on macro conditions and that will slow down issuance. So, you know, for example, having a major war in Europe for the first time in 70 years, that's had a bit of an impact on a few things. Um, but no, I mean, the CLO market's fine. I mean, there are obviously lots of different ways uh, to measure, like, the health of the market. Um, but, you know, obviously one important one is uh, the number of managers. And, you know, obviously we're still seeing, um, you know, because the primary is... Um, slower at the moment, then, you know, we know there are a bunch of managers who had been planning debut European deals. Um, you know, those deals are still going to come. It's just, you know, they're not going to rush them out. Um, you know, obviously warehouses can be in place from anywhere from kind of three months to 15 months. Um, you know, we've seen print and sprint recently. So, you know, the CLO market always finds a way. And, you know, last but not least, I might have been speaking for more than a minute now without having said ESG, and that's some sort of record for me. As at the end of 2021, uh, we were at 100% of Euro CLOs had um, ESG features, and we've got you know the incoming um, parts of the European Green Deal that's really going to turbocharge that further and be an important driver in um, in uh, solving kind of one of the perennial challenges of the CLO market, which is attracting new investors to the asset class. And, you know, European investors in particular, a lot of them are ESG-only focused. So, you know, over the next couple of years, I think we're going to see, you know, the market continue to grow. It's going to wake up and be super active. I think so, because, you know, if you're the bond market, the only way you can invest in kind of private, non-investment-grade companies is via CLOs. So, you know, it's kind of the only game in town. That was, in order of speaking, Kevin Ingram, a partner with Clifford Chance. Ashley Hoffman, Director of Market Outreach for PCS, Colin Behar, a Portfolio Manager with USS, Hans Gerberbauer, Chief Executive of Foundation Home Loans, Owen Muller, Vice President with NatWest Markets, and Chris McGarry, a partner at White and Case. Next up, we have an excerpt from a panel on CLOs across the seas, US versus European market considerations. Carlos Castro, Director of Financial Engineering for Moody's, moderated, while we'll also be hearing Dustin Walpert, a research analyst for Bank of America Securities, and Andrew McClymont, a structured finance analyst at TREP, give their thoughts on the near-term fate of the CLO market, given the considerable macro headwinds. Apologies to the listener, we are coming direct from the conference floor, so forgive the odd sound quality aberration. What are your thoughts on, on the challenges facing the economy and impacting valuations? Yeah, sure. So I think at the moment, like the dominant theme is, uh, of course, like inflation, persistently high inflation and monetary policy. And um, as you all know, like on Thursday, like two weeks ago, the ECB revised downwards um, its economic growth forecast for Europe, uh, revised upwards its inflation forecast and guided towards a 25 basis points hike in uh, in July. And we expect the Bank of America that uh, the ECB will hike four times this year, followed the 25 basis points, followed by two 50 basis points hikes and another 25 in December. So therefore, 
bring us to a total of like 150, and that would lift the deeper rate to 100 basis points, refinance rate to 150. So quite a significant sort of um, uh, tightening cycle. I think most importantly for the CLO world is that obviously the net purchases under the asset purchasing program are coming to an end in uh, 1st of July most likely. And after that, the ECB will continue to reinvest. So you will still have some uh, demand for like corporate credit, GAVIs and so on from the ECB, but obviously to a lesser degree. And we've had significant outflows in the fixed income, uh, in the fixed income world. So the question is then who becomes the new marginal buyer? And CLOs are obviously not eligible for purchase under, under the APP anyways, but they would still be affected through the relative value um, channel. So I do believe that is sort of the main um, sort of theme in European markets at the moment. Uh, then as for sort of the UK, I guess, economic backdrop, similarly, we've seen um, um, higher and higher sort of inflation forecasts, like our Bank of America, our economists now expect, uh, I think 8.9% uh, CPI inflation. Uh, for 2022 and more above 10%, 10.9% RPI. Uh, so I think that's sort of the main challenge facing, I guess, the UK. Uh, and I guess more broadly, or well, in the US, I suppose, we have a similar picture also with like slowing down growth and upward revised uh, inflation forecast and, um, yeah, and ever more hawkish Fed. So I believe that will be the dominant sort of theme for markets more broadly from sort of a macro perspective for the next couple of months. Uh, Andrew, what are your thoughts on a similar topic? Right? Yeah, so as Dustin keeps saying this, inflation is going to be a massive player. And we've seen that the BOE has been three consecutive hikes. And as you mentioned, for the ECB, they're going to be hiking as well. Now, that's going to have an underlying impact to the obligors. So as they have increasing prices to a business, it might not represent an outgoing cost. So this is where we might be seeing some loans come into trouble. I think another area we should be touching on is loan formation in the market. So as everyone knows, CLOs are built from leveraged loans, and we've seen in, in Europe this kind of leverage buyouts and merchant acquisitions really slow down. And on the US, it's also project, reduced. So I know that for mega deals, so deals over five billion in the US, we've only seen 24 in the last quarter, and normally we see over 30. So with low information reducing, it's going to be the quality of CLOs that can be formed, and then you have the kind of ongoing impact into the managers and what they can actually use. And if more managers are entering the market, will there be the ability to form? credit-worthy CLOs. Dustin, uh, just give us a few, uh, some numbers around the issuance forecast, uh, current and actually forecast for Europe and US. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I guess we had a strong start into the year initially. Uh, we had like uh, five refis at the beginning of the year. We had 11 resets and fairly strong new issuance as well, especially in February at the beginning with like three, four deals a week. And then it slowed down, as you know, like really dramatically and we have to revise down our, um, our forecast. Uh, so far in Europe, what we've had is uh, 13.7 billion in terms of new issuance. Uh, we've had 1.7 billion in terms of refi volume, and uh, we've had uh, 4.6 billion in terms of resets. In terms of resets, there were only two resets since end of February, because obviously spreads have widened a lot in the, um, in the market. So obviously like a lot of CLOs um, that can be called um, are no longer um, in the money for the equity holders to call the deal. Uh, in terms of new issuance, we had 33 deals, uh, 31 managed deals, uh, two static deals. We've seen a couple of, I guess, innovations, you could say, or maybe not innovations, but things that we haven't seen in a while, like a print and sprint uh, CLO by Carly. We had a deal by uh, 
Providos recently, so by, by Pamira, which wasn't really, um, which was ramped up to only to like 20, 25% instead of the usual 50%. So we have seen some sort of, um, I guess, uh, unusual sort of uh, transactions like in the market, slower, uh, so, sorry, smaller sizes like 350, 340 million instead of the regular like 420 million uh, in terms of uh, deal size. And uh, yeah, similarly in the US, we've seen around 63 billion uh, US dollars in terms of new issuance, uh, 17 billion for, for resets, uh, 4 billion for refis, which is obviously um, much, much more than uh, Europe being a four or four or five times larger market, but it's also less than uh, we had expected. So we revised our new issuance forecast down to uh, 23 billion for our base case scenario. Previously, in December, we had projected uh, 37 uh, billion. In the US, our colleagues have not updated their forecast yet, but their forecast was 155 for new issuance, 120 for reset refis, and we are, I mean, likely not going to get there, at least for reset refis. I believe it's, it's unlikely, so most likely our American colleagues will also um, adjust their forecast um, in the coming weeks, um, I assume. And yeah, so the main headwind, I would say, for new issuance in Europe has simply been the very slow uh, primary leveraged loan market. You cannot really like build a CLO without like the building material. You can obviously purchase leveraged loans on the secondary market, but the secondary market has become less liquid um, for leveraged loans, so that is a challenge. You don't benefit from, from OID, from original issue dis, uh, discount if you buy in the secondary. So there are quite a few challenges, and I believe that's the main headwind. And unless like M&A and LBO activity goes up again and hence more leveraged loan supply, unless that happens, I think the primary market in Europe will remain uh, quite slow for the foreseeable future for the next couple of months at least, with maybe just like a deal a week or so, or maybe even less than that. Uh, in terms of refi reset, most deals are simply out of the money, so they won't be called. And our new forecast is now uh, 10 billion uh, for this year. So unless like spreads suddenly start to tighten because the outlook improves and rates volatility goes down, unless that happens, I think a refi reset activity will be very like subdued um, for the rest of the year. Can the European investors actually looking at investing in US paper mitigate some of that exposure? Yeah, so feasible um, actually. Yeah, so like as, um, as discussed, uh, obviously portfolio overlap is much lower in the US because the leveraged loan market is much larger. The leveraged loan market is, I think, around uh, 1.4 trillion US dollars on top of my head, whereas in Europe it's around 270 billion euros, so roughly like uh, one five times larger uh, in the US. Uh, single name exposure is much lower for US CLOs. Um, the, uh, the top issuer in the US accounts for, or the, sorry, the top five issuers account for 1.8% of CLO collateral, whereas in Europe, the top issuer alone accounts for roughly 1.6% uh, of collateral, of CLO collateral. So obviously you've got much, much more sort of concentration in Europe. So I do think it's, um, it sort of does make sense, the idea if you want to reduce your exposure um, to European issuers to sort of uh, diversify into US CLOs, you also have much, much less overlap between CLOs in the US. The median overlap is like 28%. In Europe, it's more to the tune of like 47, 48%, so much, much larger. Um, so yeah, in that regard, I guess, once you've got four or five um, European CLOs, you pretty much have exposure to all the underlying like leveraged loans held by CLOs. 
Uh, so the next step then will be to diversify into the US. The issue, of course, well, I guess there are two issues. One, I suppose, is hedging, just because you now have the complication that you've got so far in the US and your rival still in Europe. So you've got uh, a secu uh, an, an unsecured rate in Europe, which obviously also has a credit component. And in the US, you have a secured rate. So that makes, I guess, the hedging mechanism much more complicated. It was much easier when it was LIBOR, URIBOR, because then you could simply, like, use a LIBOR, URIBOR cross-currency swap. And um, I guess the second problem, more like a regulatory issue, is if you're an EU investor, as I understand it, um, US CLOs have to uh, comply with EU risk retention requirements and that is only roughly 10% of US CLOs. So that obviously reduces the number of CLOs that you can actually invest in um, if you are an, an EU investor. So I hope that gives our listeners an overview of the largest ever global AVS conference in Barcelona. My colleague Owen and I had a wonderful time. Thank you to IMN and to all the banks and law firms whose hospitality we so enthusiastically enjoyed. Hopefully we'll see you next year. Thanks very much to all our speakers who are happy to chat, sometimes with less than a minute's notice. And as ever, thank you to you too, listener. Tune in for the US edition next week and the European pod the week after. And in the meantime, don't forget to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music and Google Podcasts.